You're listening to Medically Unbiased. Unbiased. Offering an unbiased discussion about all things medical. See? An unbiased opinion. Medically speaking? Yeah. Medically Unbiased. What's up, everybody? Hello, America. And hello, Ron. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. So uh, I was thumbing through the emails this weekend, and I came across an email from one of our fans. The one of two? The (laughs) one of both of them. Yeah. Uh, So Christy is her name, and she sent us an email, and it says that she keeps making the case that the CDC um, has messed up big time in setting the recommendations for everyone that children two and older or over two years old need to be wearing masks. Um, and she wanted us to kind of investigate the, where that come from, why that happened. Do we agree or not agree with it? Like what's happening there? Yeah. So I did some, I did some investigation and, uh, it's kind of funny that everything I dig into when it comes to COVID, it's, either overtly political, it's very hard to just deal with the science part of it, or it is more people telling me why stuff is not accurate than I can actually find the data. So I printed off because I didn't want to have to try and find it. Lots of pages of data. Good. And I think I know where the whole masking the initial masking thing came from. Um, in this paper entitled Pre-Symptomatic Transmission. Now, before I get into this, there's I need to explain that there's a, a lot of people, and I say a lot of people, a lot of scientists, a lot of uh, doctors and people online saying why things are or why things are not. So it's very important to know that sometimes they say that things are and they're fighting to make sure that they're that way. So I spent a lot of time digging through minutia. Now, if you notice, the top of this title says pre-symptomatic transmission, not asymptomatic transmission. Now that's interesting. Right. Pre- pre-symptomatic. How would you know? <laughs> How would you know you even had it? If you're pre-symptoms. Right. That's the argument. Now, this document was written before now, obviously. It was written a while back. Um, somehow I printed six copies of it. Anyway, so it's it says pre-symptomatic transmission of SARS-CoV-2 in Singapore on April 1st, 2020. This is the report that was posted. Um, so this was way back a year ago, almost a year ago, and it was April 1st they posted this information, right? The dilemma I have with this is that it's pre-symptomatic versus asymptomatic, and then all the argumentative people are going to say, well, that's pre-symptomatic, meaning that they'll be sim- they'll have symptoms eventually after they get the virus. So they'll, you know, it's just fucking weird. It's just so weird. Digging into all this stuff, it, the, the deeper I dig, the dumber I feel at some point in time. Yeah, but is it is it 
giving you ages of the so, mask thing? No, so this is, I think, where the original mask argument came from. Getting back to the original story. This is where the original mask portion of this came from. So the pre-symptomatic transmission of SARS-CoV-2 in Singapore, it says that in this whole setup that it recorded, uh, was it 243 reported COVID cases in Singapore during January 23rd to March 16th were reviewed. The clinical histories were examined to identify symptoms before, during, and after their first positive test. Okay. Okay. So in looking at this, the setup shows that there's different clusters that clusters a through cluster G, right? And then, so seven different clusters. And they said that in those different clusters, pre symptomatic transmission likely occurred. They can't prove that it did. These clusters occurred during the same months, January 19th to March 12th and involved between two and five patients. Each 10 of the cases within these clusters were attributed to, to pre symptomatic transmission and accounted for 6.4% of the 157 locally acquired cases as of March 16th. So Mm. it's all speculation, conjecture. They can't even... So in in the whole paper, it talks about each cluster, how the people develop symptoms, what symptoms they developed, whether it was fever, fever and cough, fever and sore throat, Cough and headache, muscle pains, uh, stuffy nose, all cold-like symptoms. Yeah. Essentially. Then it says that the probability of pre-symptomatic transmission of COVID-19 contaminant measures, which are predicated on early detection and isolation of symptomatic persons, uh, the magnitude of this of this impact is dependent upon the extent and duration of transmissibility while a patient is pre-symptomatic, which, to date, have not been clearly established. There may, it's all At the time that this was published, it was all conjecture, and it's still yeah. out there. So it's the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report in this uh, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services CDC document dated April 10th, 2020, Volume 69, Number 14. So this is all part of the research that was being done, part of the CDC, but yet conjecture, speculation on, yeah, we think it's possible. There sure. could be pre-symptomatic or asymptomatic transmission. They never said asymptomatic transmission. Now know that there was a document, and I'm going to have to find it on the fly here because I didn't print that one out. There was a document which talked about asymptomatic transmission and how the member, I think we even talked about it a couple weeks ago, how the WHO said that that's not, you know, as much transmission as they thought initially. Correct. And the study out of Wuhan. Yeah, a right. Study that was that 20,000 people or 2 million, whatever it was. It was a large, no, no, large it was, group. It was, yeah, it was nine, 9.5 million people. Okay. That they put. They basically said if you have symptoms, asymptomatic symptoms, you know, any type of symptoms, they basically told them to stay. They made them, forced them into their room or into their house and stayed in their house with their family, even though their family had did not have COVID. 
Right. And what they found was, is there was zero transmission of anybody that tested positive that was asymptomatic. Okay. It was meaning nobody else developed any COVID positive cases being right. in a house quarantine for two weeks. So they, there was no, well, remember now this study's out of Wuhan, right? <laughs> but right. there, but there, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but the reality of it is they did it for nine, like 80, like 95% of the population. Right. And they found no transmission for asymptomatic at all, at all. So, and, and no, and what was the other thing that was really interesting about it was there was no, um, secondary. They didn't find somebody who had COVID who was, you know, like mm-hmm. they had it and then they caught it again. Okay. Like nobody caught it again. Yeah. Secondary infection or whatever. Yeah. So the pre-symptomatic is supposed to be that they gave it to people before they developed symptoms. In other words, they were already shedding virus, didn't have symptoms and other people caught it before they isolated with symptoms, right? So then, at the same time, at the same, almost the same date, the eighteenth of April, twenty twenty, the previous one I talked about was in April first. So within a couple of weeks, eighteen days, seventeen days, this uh, document was also in the National Institutes of Health government website, and it's uh, written by. Uh, Susan Esposito and Nicole uh, Princippi, excuse me if I'm saying her name wrong. Uh, it was uh, talked about the pediatric clinic in the Pietro Barilla Children's Hospital in Parma, Italy. It was the Department of Medicine and Surgery. Uh, and they talked about to mask or not to mask children to overcome COVID-19. So the abstract discusses that it's been reported that asymptomatic people can transmit the new coronavirus disease and become important sources of COVID-19. To reduce the role of asymptomatic or poorly symptomatic people in COVID-19, universal use of face masks in addition to hand hygiene and safety distance seems extremely useful. Consequently, preparing the healthy child to use a face mask is strongly needed. The conclusion is that On the basis of clinical findings, we think that the universal use of face masks seems necessary when people have to go out in their everyday lives. In addition to the availability of masks in different sizes capable of adapting perfectly to the face, it is necessary that the use of masks in children is preceded by a strong parental work and school lessons on the issue and other hand hygiene topics with the main aim to obtain child cooperation. Now, they are clear in their summary in the back of this. Uh, to be clear, they do say that, you know, kids are going to be touching their face more, and they kind of go over a whole bunch of stuff about how kids are going to be struggling with it, and if your kid's fighting with it, you know. And it says it is recommended that children younger than two years of age do not wear any type of mask as they have very small airways can struggle and can struggle to breathe. Moreover, if they can be un they can as they can be unable to remove the mask without assistance, they are at increased risk of suffocation. For infants, particularly yeah. the youngest, social distancing remains together with washing hands and avoid licking things like doorknobs. Actually it doesn't say like doorknobs. I just added that. <laughs> the measure of choice to reduce the risk of COVID two infection is highlighted by the American Academy of Pediatrics. 
and surgical masks of smaller size suitable for children from 3 to 12 years old are marketed. Notice, they're being sold so people can make money on them. But yet, they're not getting sick. But our our listener, though, her biggest gripe was that they're being told to wear masks. No, just that kids, the kids... You know, toddlers, take it, you've had, you know, you, your kids are a little older now, but you remember when they were young, you couldn't keep pants on one of my kids. I couldn't keep pants on him. Yeah. You know, at three and four, I, let alone try and keep a freaking mask on him. Yeah. And why? Like I, I, well, like I'm looking at the WHO right now and uh, their recommendation says, in general, children ages five years and under should not be required to wear a mask. That's why well, I was going to highlight that. It's good you brought it up because... So the WHO talks about five and under, and then the CDC went farther and said two or three and over, essentially, anything, anyone older than two. So I don't know if that means two years in a day or if you get the entire two years of your life until you're three. Like, do you get two years, 364 days? Yeah, like, what, why, why, why two years, 366 days? Right. It's now required. Right. Like, what what changed in that day? Yeah. Nothing. And Nothing. and we both know so there was there's video of a woman on an airplane that went kind of viral. Her kid is two and a half or three and they had paid for a separate seat for her on the plane and the the girl was having trouble. She was crying and throwing a fit and didn't want to put her mask on. It was annoying her. And she kept touching her face and touching everything, scratching her eyes and scratching her face. So the mom was like, she won't keep it on. They kicked her off the airplane because this little girl wouldn't keep her mask on. I mean, I get, I totally get what the email talks about coming, you know, about how to deal with kids because dealing with kids, it's frustrating. And she even says that, it's frustrating, you know, for her too. She goes, and her friends are saying like either just accept it or they other friends have like hidden their children from the world because they don't want to comply, but they don't want to have a fight either. So rather than comply or fight, it's just we'll just keep the kids under lock and key and hide them away from the world so they don't have and to do the mask thing. What's it, Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And what's very frustrating is that there's no data out there that that we can see that supports children being the super spreaders anyways. No, I mean, so there's this thing called Research Square, and it's a website called Research Square. It's where uh, research is posted prior to being uh, peer-reviewed, okay? And here I have one, there's two versions of this. There's an updated version and the original version. And honestly, the updated version, I read through them all. The updated version looks very, almost identical to the version two. Like there was not much changes. I couldn't really find anything when I read through it. So in Germany, it's not just us dealing with this problem. This is a global issue. Okay, so Germany's dealing with the same problem. And they realized that there was an issue. So they created a page, a a survey page for people. Um, the University of Witten uh, heard a sec. I can't say their names. I'm horrible names. Um, anyway, they put in a registry out there where parents, doctors, um, people who took care of children, 
and others that observe kids could go and post their issues with masks. Um, and as of the time that they wrote this paper out, which was October 26, 2020, uh, the registry had been used by 20,353 people. And it got a ton of traction, like within we, a week of it going live, people were on there talking about it. Yeah. Um, it was uh, the average wearing time of a mask was 270 minutes a day. Um, impairments caused by wearing the mask were reported by 68% of parents. And the, and the, the wearing of the mask didn't, just to be clear, the, what they report is purely what the parents' perception of what was happening is being reported. That's it. It's not a scientific, like, we measured CO2, you know, extra CO2. We measured uh, baseline for the kid at relaxation and then frustration. So the irritability was listed as 60% of them. 53% reported headaches. 50% of these 20,000 people who responded reported difficult concentration. Uh, 49% were less happy. 44% were reluctant to go back to school, including kindergarten. 42% reported malaise, 38% reported impaired learning, and 37% reported drowsiness or fatigue. I mean, those are all complications of wearing the mask for these kids. Now, this was the world's first registry to record the effects of wearing masks. And again, this is all based on parents' perception, but parents know their kids pretty well. And yeah. I don't work with pediatrics. I work with, you know, adults and... Uh, older adults generally in cardiology. However, I do know that if you're a parent and I go to the doctor with my kid and I tell the doctor that my kid is acting funny and they're like, nah, he's fine to me. I'm like, no, 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 you don't know my kid. Mm -hmm. Parents know their children really well. And they even make a point in this document here that says that uh, of the parents, 25 is a 25 plus percent of the parents put down not only their name, and their address, but their phone number and email information to get in contact with them later, which said to the researchers doing the survey, that this was very important to the people who were putting it in there because it wasn't like just anonymous, random, hateful rhetoric. It was very specific to their yeah. children. And 20,000 people had already taken part of the survey and 48,000, there was 48,000 entries. So some parents entered for more than one kid. Um, but they wanted feedback. Correct. Right? Well, not yeah, only that, that, but they wanted to alert others, I think, to what was going on, you know, as to how this all went down. Um, hold on, let me see. Data entering doctor, teachers, other roles. Now, of the of them, most of them were had no pre-existing conditions. There was 1,500 with asthma. 458 with uh, a lung, some sort of lung disease uh, in total group. Uh, other previous illnesses, which was like a free text section, there was 2,200 of those and not specified pre-existing conditions accounted for 1,100 of them. But the vast majority, 79.4% of all participants, had no previous illness Um there's about split 50 50 almost even between male and female. Um, yeah. And then it broke, they broke it down by age group zero to six and seven to 12 and then 13 to 18 
which the zero to six year olds for males was about 50, you know, I don't know, this is about 50%. Uh, same with females. So, I mean, it was pretty good size, you know, response to this entire thing. And at the end of the day, it does show like, and there was other stuff. They had, you know, dry neck, uh, increased acne, shortness of breath, unwillingness to move, itching above the nose, nausea, abdominal pain, increased respirations, dizzy feeling, tightness in the chest, flickering eyes, loss of appetite. I mean, it reads like a like the side effects from medication is what it reads yeah, to right. me. Like you're going down the black box warning of a, you know, further behavior was uh, assessed. Like, are they more irritated than usual? Are they less cheerful, restless, sleeps worse? Um, develop new fears. Did they um, sleep more than or less than usual? Do they play less? Do they have a greater urge to move or not move? In other words, were they lethargic or were they hyperactive? Um, so anyway, just it, this isn't conclusive as in yes, they caused this, but it's uh, it's odd that. 20,000 people or plus would respond to this and talk about all of these symptoms. And the vast majority of kids would, you know, well over 50% of many of them would possess some of the symptoms. And then you go to this other website uh, called Health Feedback. Health Feedback is a group that, it's healthfeedback.com or .org, excuse me, healthfeedback.org. And they tout themselves as a group of scientists that are out to fact check the society when it comes to posting stuff online whether it's a news report that quotes a scientific journal or article they will say yes or no or whatever um so so this study that i was talking to a minute ago out of germany that talks about the first results of the germany-wide registration of mouth and nose covering masks of masks in children so it was a study that's all they're saying is results of a, a registry based on the data they found. That's it. That's all they posted. This secondary site, the health feedback uh, fact-checking group, comes on here and says that the German study did not find that wearing masks harms children. The study wasn't designed to accurately test these effects. That's Of no. course it wasn't, because it wasn't asking. That's not what it was doing. Of course it wasn't designed to test those effects, because it, it wasn't a fucking study. It was a registry of how parents perceive their kids are feeling, and it even says that there needs to be more research into this to try and assess if there's a problem. You know, is this causing emotional, physical, mental health issues in kids, in other words, not just medical issues? But then this fact-checking group comes along and tries to debunk it as if they're fixing a problem that's not even a problem. You know? And that Germany study, the German study was was published on the beginning of uh, the month of January this year, like January second or third or something. It was published. So basically, the the Germany registry basically was showing the side effects of children having to wear masks. Yeah, self reported side effects from this, which yeah. Yeah, ironically is exactly how you get. So you get self-reported side effects when you do medications in a giant study. If a patient reports they feel nauseous, you put that down as patient-reported nausea. You don't be like, well, the control group didn't report nausea, so I'm not putting that in there. No. Yeah. 
They're the fact checking group healthfeedback.org is upset because there was no there was no uh, control group to see if the control group had same problems as the reported group in and I'm like it wasn't a study comparing non mask wearers to mask wearers it was just people reporting their complaints about masks that's all it is the German paper simply just reports the 20,000 or 40,000 responses from 20,000 people about their perception of how their kid is reacting to masks. That's it. Yeah. It's not a study. They're not trying to, to prove or debunk anything. It doesn't even say harms. The German study is entitled uh, Corona Children Studies, the, or COKI, C-O-K-I, the first results of a Germany-wide registry on mouth and nose covering in children. So they're just reporting on the registry. That's all they're reporting on. It's not a study. And then the fact-checking okay, group so comes out and says the study's not true. It's unsupported and it's unfactual. Oh, really? Yeah. So they were trying to so they were debunking. They're debunking it as if it's not valid. They says inadequate support for the study as an outline survey that collected that collected parents and okay. negative. So we're so okay, fact checkers. You're saying it's inadequate. So show us where it is adequate. Show us the study, the official scientific study that says children two years and older, two plus years and older, or three or whatever you want to call it, three. How about children in general, under age of eighteen? Yeah, is is important, and we have shown studies that you know there's been a decrease in the possibility of COVID and and whatever else because of that, right? I mean, right. we can't even find studies really that show. I mean, let's be honest, we can't even find studies that really show that wearing masks even helps, right? There's there's really but you and I have argued this from the beginning. The mask thing is just. Freaking idiotic. Yeah. It's absolutely bonkers to me. So you that's know, a thing. Because our listener was asking, did we find any evidence that this no. is either not necessary, harmful to a young... So we know we know based on the registry that, of course, it's harmful. I mean, I have a I have 11-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. and it's taken months for him to be comfortable just wearing it right yeah but you he's not wearing listen he's not wearing his mask at home he's not wearing his mask even out about at a um even like he plays hockey he's he's not he he has a mask but he's not wearing it you know it's funny because the when you're playing hockey they're like well, if you have a face mask, like a cage, not a cage, but a clear shield mm-hmm. that has opening on the bottom so you can get, obviously, air through. Right. That's the equivalent to a mask. Almost because it's a shield, right? But the shield only covers up to the mouth. But not over the mouth. So, I mean, to go back to the original email point that we were requested to look at, I cannot find, and it's based on, you know, three days of, yeah, pretty heavy research on my end, but I cannot find a, a study that shows that masking is beneficial. That's a true study. In other words, yeah. it takes a hundred percent control group and a randomized controlled, you know, trial, 
that an RCT and compares a group of people in a room, even in an enclosed environment with known COVID infected patients or even asymptomatic patients and purposely infects the others. You'll never find that study. First of all, it's not going to happen. So everything that's done is based on, you know, hypothesis and best guess or wag wise ass guesses um, on what's happening, right? However, yeah. I think there's a lot of self-served positions here because they've said to wear masks, but they've never, ever, ever quantified what uh, yes. masks to wear. So, so just masks. Yes, wear a mask. Might Once as well be again, a fucking Halloween mask. It could be a Halloween mask with you know scary teeth and a big wide open mouth. But it's a mask, right? Yeah. Hey, one of our earlier podcasts together, you know, we talked about, you know, the only reason, once again, that you're wearing a mask is because people can see that. Just like mm. that woman had the kid on the plane <laughs> right. that wasn't wearing the mask. So now they have a reason to throw them off the plane. But, but they have no reason. They have no reason to throw her off if... She's social distancing. You see that she's applying her little gel on her hand, washing her hands, whatever. But they can't monitor that. They can't control that. Right. What they can control is, oh, look at that. She's not wearing a mask because she's supposed to. Hmm. And now, once again, the mob is dictating even for children when there is no even there's no major evidence that children are you know the 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 primary source of this well you know what i mean yeah so i just inadvertently found something the other day that correlates to this before even getting this email i was on twitter and i follow a bunch of people from all over the world on twitter different doctors different medical professionals different dietitians just different people um yeah and one of the doctors, he's a pediatrician, and he went on there and he says, so I had a child test positive for coronavirus today. So I had the specimen tested, and he had it tested even farther, and he found out that it wasn't coronavirus, like COVID-19. It's uh, So coronavirus has been around for a long time. Cold, A cold, yes. common cold is a coronavirus, right? So they yeah. tested for the coronavirus, but this kid tested for um, the HCoV, it's called NL63 virus, which started in like 2004. So that coronavirus um, is called, uh, it's Cetracovirus. Uh, it's from, originally found in the Netherlands, that's why it's an NCoV um, okay. So it was found in the Netherlands originally. And in 2004, it was a seven month old with, uh, it was a bronchitis that ended up being tested for it and having it. It's an enveloped positive sense, single stranded RNA virus. Um, and it enters the host cells by binding to ACE2 receptor, just like COVID-19, similar to COVID-19. So infection with the virus has been confirmed worldwide. Uh, It's been associated with many common symptoms and diseases. So including URIs or upper respiratory infections, um, 
croup, uh, bronchitis, bronchiolitis. Uh, anyway, so that was shown on the COVID test that they were doing, the PCR test they did for this kid. They found that. Okay. But had this doctor not happened to just dig a little deeper to try and understand why, because he didn't believe it was COVID-19, I wouldn't have seen it because mm. he wouldn't have posted it. So when kids are being tested positive for coronavirus, for today's coronavirus, COVID-19, do they actually have COVID-19? Because there's there's seven total coronavirus. I think there's seven. There's the the 229E, the OC43, the HKU1. Those are all the human coronaviruses. Then there's the Middle East or MERS, respiratory-related coronavirus. Then there's yeah. SARS, and then there's SARS-CoV-2. So it's like, that's six, actually. So there's six of them. There's six so different codes. That, so are, are we saying that, well, is he indicating that the testing for just looking for COVID is not just specific to COVID-19, it's just specific to COVID in general? Well, I don't think he said COVID in general, but he did say that it found this NL63 variant, which was originally found in 2004. So if he tested that kid and the kid was positive for coronavirus that came back as a positive PCR, and then he went further, did a little more investigation, and found that it was NL63 version, is the version of NL63. It's not even actually COVID-19. It's different, similar family, but different, uh, different virus altogether. Mm, that's interesting. So he's just saying or making the comment that, hey, when we're testing these people, maybe we need to go another step. Maybe the PCR test is not specific enough for this particular grouping of people, you know? Yeah. So... Basically, we couldn't find stuff either. No. That really show us good scientific evidence that three and older really should be wearing masks. No. Hell, we couldn't even find any evidence that adults really should be wearing masks as well. It's all antidotal. Everything I find is antidotal and based on conjecture. And, and it makes sense that this could be sort of plausible in the, you know... Yeah. It's a lot of word vomit is what it boils down to. Not a lot of science. Wow. And, I mean, there's a lot of people out there with all these cool slides and cool videos. And I watched videos on YouTube and different videos on scientific channels talking about, you know, masks. And then you see someone else's video talking about how there was one guy who would take a big puff in of smoke off of a, what are those called, like a hookah? You blow yeah. out smoke out of different masks, and it would come out all around the mask, just like we've said the whole time. Hmm. No matter what mask he was wearing, unless he was wearing uh, the rubber, you know, industrial N95 or whatever it is, the K well, I mean, we know, you know, if you're fitted properly for an N95 and you are wearing an N95, then the likelihood of you catching anything is probably going to be low right hence we you know 
nurses in the medical field and the hospital, we wear N95s going into anybody that would be airborne. Correct. But they are N95s for. Right. They're airborne. Right. So, I mean, yeah, if I took a bunch of N95s from work and, and you know, not that I have, but it, or purchased them and was, and fitted for them, well, I guess I'd be safe out there. <laughs> but not everybody, but not everybody understands that process. You know what I mean? They just like, oh, I just ordered, you know, a whole case of N95s on Amazon. Right. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, and either they were small or regular or whatever. And we don't know if it's fitting them. But I mean, we just, it, I don't know. I, I just know, I you know what I really appreciate, Tyler? I appreciate the email. That was really. Yeah, it's awesome. That's our first one, baby. I know. That's our See? first one yeah well you know if you don't count the test ones we did that is truly the first one from someone <laughs> who listens to the show that's not us yeah no it, <laughs> it, it's good to hear and i know she's retweeted us yes uh with her friends and family and you know we truly appreciate wanna, that. yeah we really do yeah and we're just here like i said we're here to just you know put our thought behind it pull some data and try to get the you know try to get it out there and how you know how because it it, we obviously are bothered by a lot of things too and but we want to be able to pull some research on it and have that conversation yeah well i mean the the bonus is going to be that there's more stuff coming i'm sure people are going to keep researching this and as they dig deeper we'll find answers and they'll probably be at the end of the day we'll find that we were wrong on the vast majority of it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right let's go to well, break and we'll come back with not. yeah let's hope we're not wrong but i don't know i'm just saying we uh the whole mask the way thing things change you never know yeah that's true all right welcome i did it again every single time i did it again that's okay Welcome back to Medically Unbiased. So, how you doing, man? COVID deaths are down and dropping like flies across the country. No pun, no pun intended on that. One. No, no, dropping I, like flies. Well, no, deaths yeah. are dropping like flies. Dropping like a top. No, I. I'm just saying it's that the time. numbers, the numbers are drastically dropping oh, yeah. like crazy. Yeah. So now I've heard I what's funny you say that is cuz I've heard them say you know, well it has to do with with more people being vaccinated. Really? Yeah. Well, that may be the case. Maybe there, maybe there's been more people vaccinated. I know that uh I was looking on the site the CDC's website today and I was doing some math and I'm you know, well Let's put it the Excel spreadsheet was doing some math for me. Yeah. Um, and deaths, and I'll have all the data for next time to be specific, but I think it's important we kind of talk about a little bit of it now. So yeah. we had hypothesized at the beginning of last year that 
deaths across the board for coronavirus were not going to necessarily impact the overall total death rate in the U.S. We would simply shift data. So I would take pieces or a portion of people that die generally die from heart disease or cancer, and I would move them into the coronavirus pile of people, right? And this sounds morbid when you talk about it this way, so I'd hope people understand that I'm not dismissing the fact that people died. That's not the case here. But when you look at statistics, you need to be able to look at the the specifics of the data, and people die. So now we need to understand why they die and how they die and what they you know, what happened. So on average, we increase year to year. We go up anywhere from 15 to 25 or 30 million deaths annually. Um, so we grow, more people die every year at this point in time. Now, when, after the baby boomers are all gone, that number might drop drastically because there's more of them, right? There's a million more people annually. Yeah. And, births over deaths, mine, you know, plus we have a lot of influx of people moving into the country. Um, so they're all included in that too, right? So immigrants, uh, and as our population grows, that number is going to change as well. So generally it's 15 to 25 million growth annually. So this year we hit over, was it, I think it was 300 million people. I have to get my numbers again. But anyway, the point is that there was 400 additional thousand deaths 400,000 more deaths this year than the year before now that sounds like really identical to the covid number right because there was at the end of the year there was 325,000 covid deaths yeah so now that you know there's 325,000 there's 400 and i think 25,000 on top of my head i don't have my paper in front of me i forgot to print it but that shows that there was actually additional 100,000 deaths Without COVID, there was an additional 100,000 deaths this year. So there was an additional leap in death rate this year amongst all cause mortality. Now, there was drops, and I and I went week by week. Like, I have the data literally listed at a week variable. So it'll tell me week by week, year by year. I can go by state. I mean, the CDC is really good at where their data and how they lay out their data finding it's a pain <laughs> but once yeah. you have it you know the data is there it's really good and normally by february or even towards the end of february they have the previous year's data compiled so there was 300 plus thousand deaths for covid but we also grew in other areas heart disease grew you know cancer grew all these other disease processes grew so Yes, COVID caused additional deaths, and that sucks. But why is nobody looking at why heart disease continues to kill over 600,000 people annually? You know? Like, when I was looking at the numbers, I'm like, okay, so COVID is this one-off crappy thing that happened. People died, got sick. Oh, and check this out. If you get rid of eight states, Texas, Florida, New Jersey, New York, uh... Illinois, California, who else? There were seven total states. Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, I think were the other two. If you get rid of those six states, that's 50%. They were 50% of the deaths in the U.S. They were 179,000. Sure, they probably have 50% of the population, too. They probably do. But I'm saying those eight states account for 50% of the COVID deaths. You know? 
So Fauci, not Fauci, excuse me, Cuomo, we've proven is probably responsible for 10% of those personally. <laughs> yeah. You know, should be prosecuted. I mean, anyway, but the point is, is that when I did the data, I was ne- I was wrong with my hypothesis or at the beginning of the year in the fact that we wouldn't just move people around. There was a grand total totality more people died at the end of this year than last year. And 400,000 plus more people died, 300,000 of them being coronavirus patients, 100,000 more, which we anticipated an increase of 25,000, but we had 100,000 more, so a four-fold increase in all-cause mortality, not COVID-related. Is suicide higher? This This is, oh, this is all for, uh, no, I didn't see that specific. I didn't pull, I didn't pull the non-natural cause stuff. I pulled all natural cause stuff. So I'd have to go back and look at the non-natural cause death rates, but they weren't significant. I didn't see that it was significant because there's there's an all-cause mortality column, and then there's a natural cause mortality. And COVID would be considered in the natural causes because it's not something that you know you didn't kill yourself. It wasn't a car accident. It was all natural cause. So those numbers weren't significantly different from year to year. At least it didn't appear to me when I did the initial layout mm-hmm. in, in Excel. Yeah, I see that they they're reporting four hundred and eighty eight thousand people have died so far. Yeah, but that's from the start of this. See, that's the mis- that's the other problem is there's no restart on an annual number. It's just grand total. So yeah, that number looks crappy every time. But it's they're using it as a bank account number, as a savings account number. Every time you deposit more money, the account grows, right? So that's how they're using that data. They didn't start over it. They didn't say, okay, there's been 300,000 in January, and this year so far we've had 25,000. Like, they didn't do that. It's yeah. just 462,000, whatever the number you just gave. So to me, yeah, it's that's... very frustrating that that's the, you know, that that's the stuff that they're talking about, as opposed to it being, last year we had 378,000 deaths from COVID. Since January 1 of 2021, we've had this many, you know? Like, let's start over the count by not forgetting the previous count, but let's find an annual graphic because every other metric runs that way. This seems to be guided as if to just fear and scare the average person. Now, as many patients as I see a day, I've got to tell you, there's a wide variety of patients and you can almost tell what news channel they listen to based on their perception of COVID. If they're like masks are stupid and the fucking world hates, you know, hates everybody. They're like, Oh, you listen to Fox news guaranteed. (laughs) I do listen to Fox news. That's a Fox news person. 100%. Now, if the person's like, you know what? We got a double mask. I got to wear it. So I've had patients. I, I'm wearing two masks now to protect myself to make sure. And like, I'm like, why not three? But anyway, I didn't say that. I said, okay, that's good. You know, following the guidelines, following the new guidance. That's great. And then she'll ask yeah. me, why aren't you wearing two masks? I'm like, oh, cause, uh, I only own one. <laughs> I've only grabbed one from the box. You know, I had patients ask me why I'm wearing certain colored masks. I'm like, well, because it was free. That's what I was given at the hospital. It was these free purple masks today. 
So anyway, I just found that it, I was wrong in the initial hypothesis and we did gain deaths over the course of the year. More people died this year than died in previous years. Of course, but of course they did. You know why? They didn't go to the hospital. They stayed home. There's probably a, a lot more. I bet you all natural causes increase because people weren't just rushing to the hospital. No, I, I understand. I, I truly agree with that. But I'm saying there was still the COVID deaths still account for a plus. No matter, even if you don't count COVID deaths, there was 100,000 positive more, right? 100,000 more deaths. On top of that was the COVID deaths. So the COVID deaths are in addition to the other deaths for the year. I was under the, because people were dying with a lot of comorbidities. So I was under the initial assumption, or I at least predicated my hypothesis on the fact that those with, you know, these severe comorbidities would have been part of the group in one of these other, you know, categories. Yeah. Alzheimer's, you know, cancer, lung cancer, heart disease, stroke, you know, whatever the issue was, I had put them in that category of death for the year. And then we gained, and people were dying, but they were dying, you know, in the over 80 category of age group and with comorbidities. So I made the hypothesis at the beginning of the year that, you know, there was going to be, we might have a few more, but we wouldn't have 300,000 more. It wouldn't be all COVID deaths positive. And that turned out to be wrong. It was all COVID deaths positive, you know? Hmm. Some categories per week were less 50 patients or, you know, less 100 patients. But then somewhere in June and July, there was more. Uh, Some had more in different months, but I have it by week. So all 52 weeks of the year and the last day of that weekly schedule ended on like December 27th or something. So you don't have the last few days of December. Those are included in the first week of 2021. Yeah in the data. So it's not a true accounting of day one, to, but there, it's 52 weeks to 52 week comparison. All of the weeks ending in 2019 to all of the weeks ending in 2020. So anyway, I just wanted everyone to know that, look, my hypothesis was inaccurate and I'm fine with admitting that it was data. Helps. Yeah, no, I mean, of course it does, but you have to have, you, you have to have hypothesis to, you have to hypothesize to see if it's going to go the way you think it's going to go. Yeah, you want to prove the no hypothesis for sure. You want to either prove that your position is accurate or wrong, but I don't want the I don't want to just cherry pick data that supports my position because there's documents out there that do that. There's documents from I think USA Today has an article that says there's no more deaths than there is and the WHO, excuse me, John Hopkins or Johns Hopkins originally posted an article that said that there was no more deaths this year than in any previous year. Um, well, that's but lie. that got pulled. That document got pulled for good reason because it was wrong. Um, and I'm just using the data directly from the CDC's website. So I'm not even going to anyone else's calculations. I did all the calculations myself from yeah. their data, extrapolated their data, put it into a you can actually extrapolate and pull it from their website and they'll download it in a, in a Excel format form for you. So you can put it in Microsoft Excel and then all the cells are filled. You can run all your calculations right from Excel and determine whether or not you're on the positive or the negative side of whatever the data is. So again, uh, there was, 
400,000. That was the largest growth we've seen since, I think, 1918 or 1948. It was a while ago <laughs> since we've seen that much growth in death over the year. Well, I mean, you are you do have a point, though. I mean, about the whole baby boomer thing. Ooh. I mean, there's more people this a that you know, over 70 than there probably ha- there ever there's ever been. Yes. Well, they, uh, they all turned retirement age in 2011. That was the first baby boomer. The first retirement age baby boomer turned 65 in 2011. So that was yeah. nine years ago. And there was what, 12 or 13 years of baby boomers. So you're having, you know, they're in the stage now where they're seven, a lot of them are 70 and older. So as they grow, as you know, time goes on, you're going to have more and more of them. And the reason they're baby boomers that people don't know is because there was an additional 1 million people born annually than are normally born in the U S. So those, those groups of people that were born uh, and accounted for an extra 1 million people on the planet in the U S you know, as they get older, you're going to have more people needing medical assistance, more people dying, annually and at some point in time that number is going to drastically fall we should see a correction once the baby boomer generation has god forbid they all pass but once they do we know they will at some point in time you know then that's you know that's what's going to happen there's going to be a drop yeah you know but has anybody accounted for that not yet but again a lot of you know most of them are alive right so that generation wise they're alive it's not like you're 70 years past the generation. So, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. And I'm uh, quickly adding up some numbers here real quick. So I'll okay. give it to you in just a second. Yeah, I see you. I see you calculating frantically over there. You look like I'm you're, trying. you're a, a mobile accountant over there at the calculator. I know, right? Buttons. Well, you know, because none of the information that you want to find is, is there? No, totally I know. Accessible. <laughs> That's the other problem. Is the more I told you, the more I dig, the dumber I feel. And why? Why is it that when I type something into a Google, and let's call it a Google search, because Google has become a verb. So as I look for stuff on a Google search, why is it that when I type in, you know, let's child masking, all I get is stuff from the Joe Biden or the Trump. Mm-hmm. Or the it's all political. Everything on the damn internet. I can't even find just a research study without going four pages deep and then having to dig into the data. It's freaking bizarro. Even on American you know, Family Pediatrics Medicine or American uh, College of Pediatrics, what it's called, I had to find data on there. I couldn't find anything. American College yeah. of Cardiology didn't have any data on it. Um, but the people who do the all the studies, they just post up the initial potential, and then everyone runs with that. So the first person to post anything, whether it's accurate or not, seems to be what we the run winner? with. The winner, <laughs> yeah, the winner of the knowledge you know, race. Of course. Whether it's accurate or not is irrelevant. And you know, speaking of winners, we definitely got to mention something yes. in a little bit. Okay. So there was 91,381 people that had passed for the whole month of January. 91,000 in January. Okay. 91,381. Okay. That's 2021. That's 2021. Okay. 
of course I can't go back to, you know, it'd be interesting to see how many deaths there were in 2020 in January, but I'd have to look for pneumonia deaths and flu deaths. I could give you that. I can give you that information. I just don't have it on me because I have it on my computer at work. I pulled it up today. Oh, good. I can give you all the specifics for by week. Because I bet you, I wonder if it's the same amount or close to. Because remember, we weren't, we didn't. No, it's not. It's higher in January this year. Than from last January? Yes. Every, every now, month was COVID. higher. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not adding up. This is just COVID deaths. Oh, you're talking. No, there was only five COVID deaths in January last year. Of course there is. I understand that. I'm saying we would need to pull pneumonia. We need to pull yeah, things you, that I, that's all. That's all part of what I, the data I pulled, and that's why I'm alluding to it now, and we'll bring it up next time because I can print it yeah. all, and it's very Correct. specific. You know what I mean? It, but I, I wonder how close it is to that number because you remember we had Christmas and, and New Year's. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, we had those same things. If it was pre-December, which we we know that it is just based on the WHO timeline. Okay. WHO timeline has first first symptomatic patients. First symptomatic patients were December fifteenth. Okay, well, you know what? They had to have been they had to have caught it fourteen days prior to that to start having symptoms. Right. So we know somewhere around the beginning of December, something loose. You know what I mean? So I would love, and, and can and we will, we'll have to maybe try to debunk it. Numbers that we see. Yeah. We, well, we know, we know in May, listen, we don't think anything was reported for, there was no COVID deaths reported in January of 2020. Because we weren't looking you, for it. So, how many deaths did you say there were in so January 9, 000, of 2021? 91,381. Let me see. Because this doesn't make sense. I'm on the CDC's website now and I'm pulling up data, but it's wrong. What they, it can't be this many people. They said that 264,000 people died January 2021 or January 2020. 264,000 people died in January. Of of what? Though? Of all what, causes. What? That's all cause mortality. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm only doing the COVID, obviously, because ah, that's what you're I'm You're talking playing. COVID. Yeah, yeah. So I'm talking COVID. So we want to narrow okay. that down. Makes of sense. all deaths, I want to narrow there was down five January in January. I know for a fact there was only five in January 2020. 20. Well, there was, there was maybe. Five COVID, COVID deaths. deaths. Yeah, because in March, on March 3rd is the first reported death in the United States. Obviously, I'm just talking about United States. You're, the five you're talking about are outside the United States. No, I think there was there five in the U.S. Three deaths. That's the U.S. That's U.S. March deaths. March 2nd. Really? Yeah, yeah. According to the data I pulled today, yes. Yeah, because the data I'm pulling, well, you know, and I'm pulling this from, obviously, Google. Right. So I have... Three deaths, March 2nd, 2020. Nothing before that at all. Okay. That I can see. And then. Yeah, no, there was nothing noted as COVID prior to 2020. There's nothing in 2019's data that's listed as COVID. No. And so that's why I would love to see what the. So take the symptoms. So probably pneumonia. 
Okay. You take, if you're not say, okay, what are people dying from? Obviously they can test for COVID, but what are the symptoms? What are they having? Most of it's pneumonia, grass ground opacities that they diagnosed through the CT. How many of those though were reported as pneumonia cases in January of 2020? Yeah. I have that data. I just don't have it in front of me. I can get No, I know. I'm I'm Um, not asking. I'm just hypothesizing, right? Right. So I just feel like. In 2019, influenza and pneumonia killed 50,000 people. In 2019. I know that. Okay. 2019. Yeah, 2019. There was 50,000 people died from uh, pneumonia. And the flu. I think it's flu and pneumonia. They put in the same category. Okay. So, but I wonder if it's, if it was increased in January and we'll, we'll get back to that. Yeah. We'll find out. I'll dig into it. I'll get you an answer. I don't have an, I have the data. I just don't have it in front of me. I pulled it all today and I just didn't print it. So I'll bring it up next. We'll bring it up next. No, time. no, it, it's totally cool. Cause it was like 50 pages of data. I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to, break it down because they have it listed by state as well so they break it down by each state and then each disease process and age i mean it's really you can break out the data as you want but it takes it takes some time and i happen to have like you know three hours this morning i was waiting because i had a couple patients cancel so i was sitting there digging through the data and it's sitting on my computer i just didn't print any of it (laughs) so i'll bring it for the next podcast and then we'll go over it so yeah all right, no, let's, uh, let's take a break, and then we'll come back with uh, your winning conversation. <laughs> right? How's that for a segue? Medically unbiased. All righty. So we're back and you have a winning conversation to talk about. Are you going to talk about the Super Bowl? I'm just guessing. No. Oh, then you like sports. Kind of thought you were going to be a Super Bowl on that. No, no, no! I would never do that to you. <laughs> you're, you're not. I, you're not in. There's a couple of things I want to kind of discuss openly. Okay. Um, there was one. I, I my wife sent me an article um, from Doctor Pam Popper. Pam Popper. Pam Popper. Uh, it's interesting. Okay. Okay. I just want to have a discussion with you about it, if you don't mind. Sure. I like this. So the article. Let me get to it. Because it's, of course, it's in my email. So the article was sent out February 15th, so okay. a couple days ago. Okay. And it's called The Forbidden COVID-19 Chronicles. Uh, it's by Dr. Pam Popper, Volume 7, Issue 7. Okay. It says, How China Has Collected DNA from American Citizens. 
Okay. So basically, according to a fact sheet from the National Counterintelligence and Security Center, the NCSC, China is and has been collecting healthcare data and DNA from Americans for a very long time. One of the means for collecting this data has been through investing in American biotech companies and partnering with hospitals and universities. Okay. And so I, I, like I'm reading through this and I'm like, like the COVID-19 debacle has presented a great opportunity to accelerate these efforts. The BGI group has aggressively promoted 2019 COVID-19 tests and by August 2020 had sold 35 million rapid COVID-19 tests to 180 countries and built laboratories in 18 of them. I just think it's interesting. What would be the reason behind it? You know, what does the Chinese government do with this information? According to the FBI supervisory special agent Edward Yu, Y-O-U, the Chinese are building a huge um, geometric database and are particularly interested in the U.S. population due to ethnic diversity. Okay. The assumption is that the database would be used to develop artificial intelligence and new personalized medications. The downside is that this could make a U.S. even more dependent on China for drugs and treatment. And some of the ways in which the CCP uses artificial intelligence is frightening. What okay. do you think about that? I think it's pretty interesting. Well, it's definitely interesting. I mean, anytime that you're getting something for free on the internet, just know that you are the, what's being covering the cost of it. So your data, be it your name, your age, your race, your date of birth, your height, your weight, your gender, Social security number, if it's listed, if you have it, um, state, all every metric that you put out there is being monitored and surveyed and covered, right? So I went to a year, a few years back, I went to a Amazon S3 conference, which is talks about how to store data on their Amazon servers. Yeah. Um, and then there was companies that do that job for you. You pay them to do the storage and they'll integrate your company or your storage in, information into an Amazon S3 redundant server. So these when I was talking to them, I wanted to store at the, you know, kilobits of data, which isn't anything. A kilobit is a, you know, a shitty picture yeah. on a crappy phone. You know, it's not even really a lot of data. And I was talking, storing hundreds of these small pieces of data and these companies wouldn't even talk to me. They looked at me like I was smoking crack. And I said, well, no, I have this idea. I want to make this thing. And I want to do it. like, yeah, dude, like you're not going to get from anywhere because we're storing terabits, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple terabits of data daily. We want, and they're tracking everything. I met people there that were tracking how many times people, you know, there's cameras. You could buy security cameras to see the the total volume people counter cameras that'll just tell you how many people are coming in and out of your door of your business or the mall or, you know, walking down the street. They'll count people. It just counts the traffic all day long. Yeah. And the computer algorithm does it for you. And you'll see how many people stopped and how many people did things. You know, and that was, you know, that was years ago. That wasn't even now. So now imagine everything you put into social media and, you know, that social dilemma was a good show to kind of highlight some of this, but everything you put in 
out there is being recorded. They say now they can tell if you're Republican or Democrat based on food purchases you 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 buy if you have one of those frequent shopper cards at like a Kroger or a you know wherever you go grocery shopping. If you have that card, that data can then directly determine everything about you. And in Japan, they have cameras on everywhere. So they'll see if you've picked up a can of beans and you look at the can of beans, they can tell you how long you looked at it. Did you look at the front of the back of it? And then you set it down. They can, the artificial intelligence algorithm can determine what your face said, whether you liked it or you didn't. And then what prompted you to maybe not buy it so that they can then focus better advertising to the end consumer. So that's fine, but now we're talking DNA. <laughs> yeah, but we've so, been giving up our DNA. You, you don't think that all these companies that you use 23andMe and all that stuff, and I've done the 23andMe thing. Sure, but, they're all, sure, they but that's, data. that's by choice. Okay. It's by yeah. choice, just like this is by choice, right? right. But, but, but it's been emphasized for a long time. If you have symptoms, yeah. go get tested. Go get tested, go get tested, go get tested. But does everyone know or realize that that testing comes from a a place that potentially your DNA or your, you know, what you've been swabbed for is being reported off to the same people that opened up the potential, opened up the possibility of this COVID-19 being. See, because we already talked about Fauci, right? We already talked about Fauci in the big loop. Right, right, right. Like last podcast or yeah. whatever. How his but financial now, ties are to the Wuhan lab. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's now they're going to have data on us that, oh, by the way, not only did you test for positive or you're, you're positive for COVID, but you actually have diabetes. But no one's going to tell you that. But we know you're going to have it. So we're going to develop something so you're more dependent on China again. <laughs> Well, I do know like that it's scary to think like we, yeah, no, we've no, seen agree. this, right? We've well, seen this, this whole pandemic has opened a, had hopefully has opened the eyes of the Congress to say, we really don't need to rely on China for medication for masks. We can make all that ourselves. No, um, exactly. But so in, I think I talked about this a long time ago, but there was a company called, I think, Prestige Ameritech. Back at the beginning of this whole thing, they wanted to make, they, they could make N95 masks there. I think they're in Texas. Um, and they said, like, we have four manufacturing lines that are dormant. We're not making yeah. them because they've shipped yeah. everything off to China. We could start making masks. And the federal government at the time said, nah, you don't need to make them, right? We're good. We're not going to buy any from you. So they didn't make any because they couldn't guarantee that people were going to buy them, right? Yeah. Um, although I did hear today in the CDC's, uh, coronavirus task force, I think it was actually, I listened to the thing today, but I think they actually posted that video on the 5th of February that they are trying to increase manufacturing and production of masks here in the U S so that we are no longer as reliant on China as we once were. And that was highlighted when, in the last document with like Fauci and the whole, there was four people in this video conference talking about what was being done moving forward for the, from the federal government side. Yeah. 
And especially if you're telling people to double mask, so that's double the supply that's going to be used. Well, if you if you talk to the conspiracy theorist side of people, you know, we nobody was supposed to wear masks. Remember Fauci in March on 60 Minutes had said, no, masks aren't important. You don't need to wear a mask. That's crazy talk. Why would you do that? You're a healthy person. You don't need to wear a mask. And that's what he said. And then the minute he came out in June and said, everyone needs to be wearing masks, masks is the way to go. All of a sudden, everyone had masks to sell. Stores were full of masks available to yeah, purchase. Right? Yeah, There was nothing available at the beginning of March, mid-March. You couldn't have found a mask laying on the ground. People were reusing those. People were already using masks. You know what I mean? Trump accused a hospital in New York of of them walking out the back door and pissed off Cuomo. He's like, they're not stealing anything. And you and I both know that nurses, medical professionals are very good at, you know, taking five or 10 extra items for themselves. Yeah. We know that. I mean, I'm not going to out anybody, but we've seen it done. So, you know, the, the assertion or the, the implication that it was happening was probably, you know, somewhat accurate. But oh yeah, no one wanted to admit it. Either way, the point is, is that we were caught with our pants down. Well, we didn't have any supplies to give the country. Although I have heard from different hospitals that they actually had supplies. They just were rationing them because they weren't sure they would be able to get any more. You know, mm-hmm. so Which they had a, sense to me had a ton yeah. of supplies. But then when you're talking a global pandemic and you generally are buying your stuff from China, you know, you can't get stuff. But back to your original point yeah. about the DNA, no, that's bullshit if they're going to use it against your will to, or against your knowledge. If they're going to use your personal data against your knowledge, then, you know, is it a HIPAA violation? I mean, that seems, <laughs> it seems to bite everyone else in the ass for HIPAA. So could, could you make it a HIPAA thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought, I thought it was interesting. I mean, food for thought, folks. I mean, right. really, you know, what, what, you know, as we try to be, as we work to not be so independent on China, are we making them, are we putting them in a position so we are still dependent upon them because we've given them all of our data personally? You know what I mean? Our DNA yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. No, we've given, but did we give it to China or are we doing it here? See, I think. I think it's all here. Well, that what no, what that's fine, but that's what that's what the the article's talking about is that China's buying companies here here in right. in the United States and other places yes. that are making the the tests, making the swabs, doing the actual stuff. Right. So okay, so gra- granted the company that's currently in the United States uh is not necessarily a United. Yes, it's a United States company, but it's owned by or backed by, as my friend likes to say, China. China, right? So, so the winner, getting back to the winner. So Fauci wins one million dollars. There, my friend. I know. Does he really need another million? Uh, guy's I mean, worth. So he won. He won a million for what? What, was the, what the hell was the award again? It was like so he won the one million dollars, the the Dan David Prize for defending science and advocating for vaccines now being administered worldwide to fight 
the coronavirus pandemic. But he wasn't the only dude advocating for vac. I, I don't understand. And he was making so, he was making four hundred and fifty thousand dollars annually to do that job. So he wasn't doing it out of the goodness of his heart. That was his job. That's been his yeah. job for forty plus years. And it's been his job to make new viruses. Yeah, and make new vaccines for viruses. Like he did work on the you know, on AIDS. He's done work on H one N one. He's done work on a lot of stuff. Cool. But I don't think he deserves the award. I mean, yeah. I think if anyone deserves the award, it's grocery store clerks. They kept coming to work without appropriate protective gear that stayed open during the pandemic so that people could buy milk and eggs and bacon and staples yeah. of food. You know, they're, they're the ones that deserve this award for heroism, if you will. You know, heroism, well, it's, however you want to say it. Sorry about that. So, it, you know, what's funny is it does say that, so it says the Israel-based David uh, Dan David Foundation on Monday named President Joe Biden's chief medical advisor as the winner of one of the three prizes. It said he had earned the recognition over a lifetime of leadership on HIV research and AIDS relief, as well yeah. as his advocacy for the uh, vaccine against COVID-19. But it also says in the statement, the private foundation did not mention former President Trump, who undermined Fauci's follow the science approach to the pandemic, but it credited Fauci with courageously defending science in the face of uninformed opposition during the challenging COVID crisis. Yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Fauci, he's done some good stuff. I'm not, I'm not undermining what he's done, but I don't, in the beginning of this, he was wrong, I think, and he's been wrong multiple times, but he's, those guys will never say, look, I was wrong. I made a mistake. You know, my initial assertion on this was incorrect or inaccurate. You know, they just, I'm always afraid of somebody that's so headstrong that they think they know it all. And they well, even are it, unwilling to listen to anyone else. Well, here's the thing. He's he's 80 years old. Right. Fauci's 80. Is he really? I mean, when was the last time he actually did anything? You mean saw a patient? Never. And you know what's funny is I'm reading, you know, I'm reading this, and it goes, in recent interviews, Fauci has acknowledged that it was difficult at times to work with for Trump, who repeatedly played down the severity of, of the pandemic. Dismissed the need for mask wearing and often touted unproven scientific remedies, including injection disinfectants. Obviously, that was a joke. Right. But the point, though, is played down. Hmm. I don't know about that. I can understand him, you know, playing down the need for masks because we can't seem to find anything out there, Tyler. You know that. Yeah, we I can't know. find anything Mm-mm. that that really proves that point. Especially when Fauci, in the beginning, said you don't need to wear masks. Right. But it, but it proved, for political purposes, it proved to have the mask as a need, even, even right now. Right. But played down? I don't know. I have a hard time with that, only because if somebody really was playing down, then why do we have a vaccine right now? Yeah, a year I, later. I don't know. There's a good. That's a good. If question. you're playing down, you're you're not carrying. You, you, you listen. 
just in general, if you, if, if you're doing that, then you're not moving forward and you're not going to open up or, or allow, you know, cutting red tape, whatever you want to call you mean it. With Trump. I think Trump was just saying it because he didn't want to scare everybody. I think as a leader, when you're a leader, I don't think you want to say like, everyone's going to fucking die. You know what I mean? Like no, you can't but, say that. That's the that, bit of me. What yelling correct. fire in a theater or whatever. Only this would have been on a global scale. You can't but say look that. At the, look at how much toilet paper was gone. <laughs> yeah. The panic buying. Toilet of toilet, I know Wait, I've watched videos from the original weeks when this place shut down. I have videos on my phone that I took personally. It's pretty remarkable to go back and see them, you know? Um, but really, to go back and highlight how the U.S. wants to make stuff, this is um, the White House Coronavirus Task Force. I have a clip here of them talking about how they want to remake. So let me see if I can play this clip and how it'll play. Do you like to explore oh, the great ad. outdoors? Then save the date for I knew the it would East have Kentucky. An ad. It's going to have an ad. You're, you're good, though. You didn't play the ad. So I'm, trying, I'm trying not to, but it's definitely going to play the ad no matter what I do. Let's see if I can, if it'll play. 28 uh, days to slow the spread. Yeah, right. <laughs> Two weeks. Do you know, do you know what it reminds, <laughs> reminds me of is that movie uh, Money Pit. Two weeks. We will build plants <laughs> to make the raw materials, the nitrobutyl rubber, for surgical gloves here in the so, United States, and we'll help build factories. I know we have. So this guy wants, oh, this, this guy's talking about wanting to make rubber gloves, latex gloves in the U.S., because right now we get almost everything from China. So he's saying yeah. that they're going to fund and help produce the ability to make surgical gloves in the U.S. so that we don't have to go overseas for them. I mean, that's a great move forward. The problem is is that I don't know that I want the government making that product. I want industry making it. I want it to be from the private sector. Yeah. I mean, if they want to open up the ability for a company to do that, that's great. If they want to, you know, cut some red tape or cut some taxes or whatever has to happen, I'm not a politician. So, but to me, you want to cut some red tape and allow companies to manufacture product in the U.S., I'm all for it. Absolutely. That's a great idea. You know? Yeah, it's a great idea. But unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to be the direction of this current administration. All I know is that, you know, right after this company, uh, Bowen's Medical Supply, Prestige Ameritech, said they could ramp up and make like 1.7 million masks and 95 masks a week. This was in May of 2020. They said they could do that. And the government was like, nah, we're good. Oh, so the previous administration said we're good. Yeah, the previous administration said, nope, we don't need them. You know, why is that? I, I don't know, but uh, I know May. I don't think our I don't think we're spiking in May. I think we were coming down. I, it doesn't matter. It's just that the fact that it nobody wanted to utilize the U.S. production potential. And it wasn't like this well, guy, this guy that owns this company. It wasn't like he needed millions of dollars in funding to many. He, he already owns a plant that makes them. <laughs> It's just not in operation because nobody's buying them in the U.S. They're all being manufactured overseas. So all he was asking for was a guaranteed purchase. So in other words, I just want to cover my costs. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the he, question was how much How much was that cost going to be? 
Uh, Was it going to be more than? I think it's interesting because at least we know where we can go if we need more masks. Uh, well, I mean, I guess, but <laughs> we can invade China. There's still some masks. What you're saying? I mean, I remember back in you know, I remember eight months ago where they were saying we're trying to find product and put that product in the hands of the market where it can be distributed or, you know, people can bid for that product mm-hmm. and get that product into their facilities. I mean, I remember our, our own security from our, from our hospital literally going and picking up N95 masks like with like full riot gear suits on. Right. You know, right. Because they didn't know if, if anybody knew that they were what they had. Oh yeah. The the fear in the beginning of this whole thing was just highlights the fact that we, correct. As so if Americans you downplayed it in the beginning, which you, 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 I don't think it was, I mean, in a sense of, you know, there was restrictions, there was, there was a, people not coming to the United States that potentially could be spreading it, that kind of thing. But you can only imagine if you had, if you just called a spade a spade. Yeah. I mean, if it was so downplayed because you you didn't, if you want to downplay it so you didn't have mass panic, we still had panic. We still had people buying up all the paper products. We still had people buying food. There was no shortage of food. Well, there was a bit. I mean... No, I'm saying meaning there yeah, there was some meat market plant that, you know, the the workers had COVID. We didn't know if it was going to be transmitted to meat, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. But there was food was still always there. And then we had the aftermath of this, we didn't have kids in school. So there was a lot of milk that was being wasted, literally dumped because right. they weren't nobody was buying the food. Right. It was, it was another interesting side. It side wasn't nobody was that. buying human like uh, people were buying it, but the restaurants weren't using it. Correct. The restaurants and the school system, right. the millions and millions of kids that utilized it, which right. is really interesting. Cause I, my wife went to um, Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. They don't have paper bags. They always have paper bags, but I did not know this. And they had brought it up to her. She's like, oh, how come you guys are, you have plastic bags. He's like, well, we used to have, we recycled our paper bags are made out of recycled paper and they receive the recycled paper from the schools. Wow. There was no schools, so there was no recycled paper. There was, <laughs> you know, how schools go through. Yeah. All that so the the whole so, well, so we're seeing that in the medical side, we're seeing the ramifications of things not operating on the status quo when it comes to blood. There's a major blood shortage nationally, oh, yeah. and platelets, red blood cells throughout, because donations were down. You know, blood donations were down across the board. So eventually supply is going to out, you know, not be able to keep up with demand yeah. Yeah. and you're going to run short. And there for the last month has been a email going around about, hey, you know, watch out. If you need blood, be careful. Make sure you're ordering for the right person for the right reasons because we're short. You know, yeah. I think it's getting a little better, but it it's is not. But but it's funny how you take things for granted. You know what I mean? Like like electricity. Who would have thought right now? that? Yeah, who would have thought that the recycled paper from the school systems was directly produced, responsible for bags at Trader Joe's for your yeah for your who would have thought groceries? That? 
So yeah, well, I, I don't know. Fauci, first off, Fauci doesn't need a million dollars. And no. you're absolutely right. I agree. The people that really deserve the money and should still get the money are those grocery workers that even today. Yeah. They didn't stop working, man. Like all the grocery stores were still open. They wanted to be open. And yeah, everyone could say, well, the multi-billionaires were still making money. But guess what? It takes a minimum wage employee to show up. Yeah. So the billionaire, and- the billionaires had stores, but these people still had to go to work. Right. And they had in a global pandemic and everyone was afraid and people didn't want to be seen with other people and were scared. Like people were running around freaked out at the beginning of this pandemic. Of course. And you, you funneled everybody. Yeah. In your town. Right. To go to one place. Yeah. To narrow it down to one store. Some people only have one, but I mean like here it was pretty much your neighborhood grocery store. No one was, you know, or Costco. Like there was a fucking line at Costco 70 feet deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what, you know, that's what kills me, especially talking about the teachers. Oh, Oh, it's okay for those teachers to go to the grocery store to purchase food for them, but it's not okay for the kids to come to them so they can teach them. Right. And you know, me and you, we've already had, we, we, I think we agree wholeheartedly how we feel about teachers and. Yeah. We've talked about uh, that before. Oh, one, you know what I'm saying. So one more thing before we go. I want to highlight one more topic of discussion. It'll be really fast, I promise. But there's been this discussion about ivermectin as a medication to treat COVID. And I got an email from the Board of Pharmacy a few days ago, and then I subsequently received emails from the hospitals that I work at, and they all said that nobody's allowed to prescribe ivermectin for the treatment of COVID-19. So I had a patient tell me the other day that she swears up and down. She goes, I'm alive because my doctor, my prescribed ivermectin to me. Mm. I said, really? I said, uh, that's interesting. Cause I was told we weren't allowed to prescribe it. She goes, she goes, I was sick with COVID in December. Um, I started having symptoms really bad. And my doctor told me to take this much ivermectin. And I I don't know what the dosage was because I don't prescribe it. I didn't pay attention. But she says she took the pills that he told her to take. And she goes, within 24 hours of taking that medication, it was like she never had COVID. Wow. She's like, so she credits her very quick recovery of symptoms to that medication. Because she said that he she was on other stuff, but that ivermectin fixed her instantaneously. Now, that's a single case of one person that received it. But guess what? She's in the older category. She's obese, she's diabetic, and she's Hispanic. And guess what? Those people were getting sick and dying from COVID pretty bad. And she bounced quickly. Now, what we don't know, again, is this whole fact-based lifestyle that we've come to love and you know understand is I don't know what her viral you know exposure was. I don't know how long she was exposed. I don't know what her upload or uptake was. I, there's no way the, to measure how infected she was, but it seems to yeah. me that, you know, there's been doctors touting ivermectin. There was a doctor who spoke on Capitol Hill about ivermectin and he made a great comment. He goes, why are we hyper-focused on looking for new drugs when we haven't even tested the drugs that are currently known to us and available yeah. against this virus, you know? So, for the listeners that don't know what ivermectin is, that would be the medication is used to treat certain 
parasitic roundworm infections. Correct. It's been around a long time. I mean, it's super cheap, super inexpensive to use. Uh, it's kind of like hydroxychloroquine was the whole talk for a while, and then remdesivir, and then there was a big discussion on ivermectin. But, you know, it's an antiparasitic, so you wouldn't think, you know, that something that treats tropical diseases would be used for this. But, you know, hey, if it works, it works. You know what I mean? But it's so funny because the COVID-19 treatment guidelines, it says that ivermectin has been shown to inhibit the replication of SARS-CoV-2 in cell cultures. However, pharmacodynamic studies suggest that achieving the plasma concentrations necessary for this antiviral medication to be detected in vitro would require administration of doses up to a hundredfold higher than those approved currently for use in humans. So they're saying that in order to achieve the dosages that they saw inhibit replication in cell cultures. But here's what's funny about that statement. What they didn't do is they didn't find the lower value that would, you know, so they, they decided to pick a value. Let's say they let's just use random numbers for the general public. They picked a five and they used a five out of 10 scale and they used 50% of the med available and that inhibited the cell cultures. And then they said, well, that would then be two, that'd be hundred fold higher than approved for use in humans. But they didn't. They don't seem to have went to the next step in the trial, which would have been, what's the minimum I can use to inhibit the cell cultures, in say a petri dish? Yeah, instead of going right to the instead max. of going instead of going to the max, or even going to saying, oh well, that worked, and that's a hundred times. They're not saying that the minimum needed to inhibit cell cultures in the lab was this much, and then that is X amount, you know, of dose. Because I think. Let's just say it was five times the the standard recommended dose for humans. Some people might take that risk. Why not? You know, you know for a fact people are overdosing on their meds. You know, I have patients all the time. Well, I took an extra amlodipine. I'm like, you're on ten milligrams, you max dose. You shouldn't take an extra. Well, I've been doing it for a week now. That's when my pressure's better. Yeah, but that's not better. That's not right. You can't just self-medicate, you know. Patients do that all the time. So we know they're taking more than the recommended maximum dosage is even allowed, you know. And that's over-the-counter meds in conjunction with, uh, you know, prescription meds. So I think people would have, if we had found those numbers, they might have seen it. But right now it's not even approved. You You cannot prescribe anymore. The days are over prescribing ivermectin for COVID. Well, you know. Somebody's somebody is not pocketing, you know, somebody's not allowed to pocket the money to it. So <laughs> That's the conspiracy the theory version. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying follow the money. You can follow the money with Fauci. You can follow the money. You can follow money with a lot of things. Yeah, true. Follow the money. Right? They said, you know, that was the whole uh Russian probe thing. They followed the money. <laughs> Where it came from, who gave it, why they gave it, blah, blah, blah. It's all. It's so always about the money, man. <laughs> it's all. It's always about the money, baby. So, so yeah, next week let's let's pull up. Um, let's pull up total. Uh, let's get morbid. Talk about death rates. Yeah, curious to know if if the death rates were just as high of January of 2020 uh, with pneumonia in that than it was with compared to the January of 2021. Okay, well, I don't remember all the numbers off the top of my head, but we'll have them next time. I promise. 
Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you had a fun time. Hope you learned something, um, all both of you. I think it was educational for us as well. And thank you for the email, Cindy. I truly yeah. appreciate that. If you have more questions or if we did not answer your question well enough, please feel free to comment. Uh, if you guys can rate us on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a rating. Five is the correct rating that you give us for all of the information that is on our podcast. Just so <laughs> oh, you know, nice. <laughs> five is the appropriate number and the appropriate rating. So, uh, thanks everybody. Talk to you later. You've been listening to medically unbiased. Visit our website at medicallyunbiased.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Medically Unbiased. Listening to this podcast does not create a doctor-patient relationship. The Medically Unbiased podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening.